This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another World of UX podcast. This is your host, Darren Hood. As always, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to tune in, to listen to us talk about the discipline of user experience. For those of us that are new to the podcast, just briefly, the world of UX is about talking about just that any and everything associated with the world of user experience, whether it is methods and methodologies, whether it's trends, whether it's educational options, whether it's hiring practices, how to to present yourself as a viable candidate, you think of it, if it's truly related to UX, we're going to be talking about it on this show each and every week. We are currently going through a topic by the name of, so you want to be a UXer, where we are talking about certain hard truths basically associated with becoming a UX professional. That's what we're talking about currently. We're going to be talking about the path that a person takes if you were looking to embark upon a career. And then we're going to get a little bit more specific and we're going to talk about how to transition from another career into UX. So that's what you have on the horizon that we'll be talking about in this particular series. It initially started out as a three-week series with this being week number two, and I'm going to extend that to four, and we are interjecting a second part of the first week, which was focusing on hard truths. I want to interject another piece that's associated with those hard truths, and that has to do with the personality traits that a person needs to be a user experience professional. A lot of people embark upon or have some curiosity about UX and they're they're giving it some thought. Some people are already working in a UX related position and have found some of the goings a bit tough. They've been surprised uh, and welcome to the club because all of us that are practicing UX professionals were surprised by quite a few things as we grew in the discipline and now many of us are taking the time to share those learnings with other people so that you know how to manage it so that you know what to expect so that you can have a strong sense of reality. And that's one of the reasons that I started out last week by talking about the hard truths associated with becoming a UX professional. It's not a piece of cake. This is not something as many people are trying to, to paint a picture that eh, it doesn't take anything to do UX. Anybody can do it. And on one hand, and we we address this, can anybody do UX in general? If you are interested in it and you have the bent or the, the, the personality traits, which is why we're getting into that today, if you have the skills, if you have certain, and this is gonna get into the personality elements as well, if you have certain aspects of your personality that help you to naturally lend yourself toward this discipline, uh, then I'd say, yeah, you can do it. There are a lot of people, and I didn't mention this last week, 
But there are a lot of people who attempted to get engaged when it comes to UX, who launched out into a user experience career and abandoned it. There are people who were in it for a while, got frustrated by some of the things that are going on. And yes, it it can indeed be challenging at times when you do it right. And then there are people who got into UX and very, very early on, they realized that it wasn't for them and they just went in a different direction. So they realized that it wasn't for them, that UX wasn't for them. So this is something that we want people to, to recognize sooner than, than later. You don't want to waste time. You don't want to waste money. You don't want to, to dabble around in something just trying to figure out if it's for you because User experience is still a relatively new field. It has not been mainstream for very long. You had your information architects in the late 1990s, and and then the the discipline evolved just a tad, never letting go of, of its foundational elements, I should say that. And then it began to be called UX in the early to mid-2000s or so. And so we're still the baby. I like to explain it that way. We're, when you go into a meeting, UX is still the baby at the conference table. We are the youngest discipline in the room. If you're going to opt into this discipline, whether you like it or not, you are also opting into the maintenance of the discipline. Whether you are silent or whether you are one of the vocal people like myself, you are still contributing to the perception of UX. You're contributing to the value of UX or the perception of that value. And so for that reason, I like to make sure that people are making good, sound, sober, wise, and most importantly, accurate decisions about whether or not to do this work. Don't get into it for the money. Uh, You need to realize that it takes time. That forget about all these promises about learning UX in six months at best. You can put together a good foundation, but if you go to a source that is lying to you about how long it takes you to learn UX, do you really think you're going to get a good foundation out of that? I'd say no, and and the data that I have to support that is pretty astronomical. So being a UXer is going to require facing those hard truths, and as we transition into our focus on today, it's going to require that we understand the personality types. And so to help illustrate that, what I wanted to do today is I want to tap into a talk that I delivered once on emotional intelligence and how that I found that emotional intelligence is a very critical mindset. It's a critical aspect of maturity that one needs to have in order to be successful in this discipline. Now, if you go into the standard um, resources, if you will, the bookstores, the the uh, just internet articles, viable ones, I have to say that again, there, there's so much noise, there's so much garbage on the internet. If you don't have the wherewithal to properly discern and evaluate what's out there on the web, you will partake of something that is not in your best interest very quickly. There's also a problem in the UX world where people who will 
tell everybody that they're a UX professional. They have even in some cases uh, have actually held a UX position for X amount of time. And these people put their stamp of approval on tainted sources, if you will. They will approve something that is not worthy of approval. So when somebody is a UXer, or at least who the world sees as a UX professional and says, man, that was really a good program. Man, that sure was a good conference. Man, this sure is a great article. You got to read it. It's amazing to see, and I've talked about this before on the podcast. It is so amazing to see how you can say something such as, and I'll just use one of my statements, that emotional intelligence is critical to one's success in user experience. Post it to LinkedIn and get five likes. Somebody else can say, shoestrings are good. And that person will get, and I'm being facetious, uh, and I hope everybody understands the point I'm trying to make here, is that that person who makes this really, I see ridiculous statements, just flat out ridiculous statements. I see statements that are so high level, so basic, that they really don't provide any value. And yeah, that is a thing. If, if you, everything you cover is on the surface and you never proceed beneath the surface of a topic, you will never truly get an understanding of that topic, nor will you ever truly develop, nor will you grow or mature when it comes to that topic and application of that topic in your practice as a user experience professional. Why in the world are people doing backflips over a statement that is the equivalent of shoestrings are good? But it happens a lot. I've seen someone do something like that and they will get 3,000 likes and it has zero merit. It does nothing for anyone. I constantly see people putting their stamp of approval on content that is curated. It's not really elaborating on anything. It's not really providing a truth for people to tap into and to apply critical thinking and and to own it and and help apply it to their how they practice it in their career and to grow and 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 take away some learnings and and actually blossom as an individual. They can't do anything with that. It's people eat this stuff up. And I've also seen a lot of people who will like the shoestrings are good example that I gave this crazy example that I gave you. Uh, I've seen people talk about how great the quote unquote shoestrings are good resource is, and then watch that person work for X number of months and never apply the thing that they said was oh so great. Never apply that thing to the work that they're doing. If it's so great, why aren't you doing anything with it? If it's so great, why didn't it translate into some aspect of practicality in your own work? You know why? Because it's not great. So <laughs> it's anything that is great will translate into practical application. That's just the way that things are. So at any rate, uh, just a little uh, digression there. With regard to emotional intelligence, when you look around, go to Amazon, go to any bookstore, look up all the authors, uh, subscribe to to different newsletters. You can you can uh, go and onto LinkedIn again, and there are people who are thought leaders in the world of emotional intelligence, and you can follow them so that you can look at what it is that they're talking about and look at how this can apply to your life as an individual, as a professional. 
and how you can practice uh, practice when it comes to UX. Where is it applicable and how can I use this to bring better value to my organization, to my users, to my team? What can I do here? And so there are several big name folks in this arena. My personal favorite, I can't elaborate on all of them today. I'll just talk about my favorite. My favorite is Adele Lynn. Usually when you see a model on emotional intelligence, uh, it actually has four different key aspects. Adele B. Lynn has five and they are self-awareness and self-control. Basically the ability to understand yourself and to use what you know about yourself to manage yourself in a productive way, helping to optimize the value that you bring and your own mode of operation. Empathy, a word that a lot of people in UX circles now are starting to fight against and they're starting to say that we can't be empathetic, that it's actually foolish and things of that nature. And the one thing that these people, many of them have forgotten is that every time somebody says empathy, they're not saying the same thing. So when you, 10 people say empathy, they're all saying or could be saying 10 different things. So it is critical first for us to understand that empathy is critical to UX. It's very important to UX. If you don't empathize, you're not going to be successful. It is a critical aspect of emotional intelligence, as Adele Lynn has stated. And this simply has to do with the ability to understand the perspectives of others. I like to extend on that and say that empathy is the is is the skill, it, it's the attitude where you're willing to be considerate about how others feel, the challenges that they face, what are their mental models, and what can we do to help optimize our designs, taking those mental models into perspective. Empathy is stepping outside of yourself, becoming the other individual, and allowing that individual, using your knowledge and your skill, your acumen, to optimize what they're going to experience with your product, service, or solution. This is what empathy is. So when people say we can't empathize, we shouldn't empathize, I say they're looking at it from the wrong angle. And we need to expand because if you remove empathy, you're going to remove a huge chunk of the potential in the work that you're trying to do. So empathy is important. The next one is social expertness. And Adele B. Lynn explains this as being the ability to build genuine relationships and bonds and to express caring, concern, and conflict in healthy ways. When I look at that from a UX perspective, this is simply about the ability to build solid, meaningful, and genuine relationships with clients, stakeholders, and team members. Building genuine, as she said, genuine relationships, not putting spins on words, which I see a lot of people do. Don't put a spin on it. Don't fake it. Don't don't fabricate a relationship for the sake of the relationship when it's not genuine because it's going to come back to bite you. It's going to be revealed and nobody is going to appreciate it when they find out that you are not being being genuine. So you want to be genuine. You want to build those relationships with clients and, and stakeholders because the better those relationships are, it's going to empower your collaboration and it's going to take your design and your efforts to new heights. So again, social expertness. The next one that she mentioned is personal influence. The ability to positively lead and inspire others as well as yourself. 
Can you motivate yourself? Can you get yourself to do the thing that maybe you might not want to do, but it's in the best interest of the stakeholders, the client, the team, and the users? That's something that takes a, a, a lot of, of, of heart. It's something that takes a great deal of maturity. This That's why this is a part of emotional intelligence. And yes, there are many times that UXers need to lead. This is actually a leadership-oriented role. Everybody that's a UX professional is leading at some point in time. So we need to do that with, with integrity. We need to do it with empathy, as stated. We need to do it with a practical level of social expertness, again, as stated. So when we have that personal influence in place, uh, then things will, will will work for everyone's good. But you cannot achieve proper levels of personal influence if you don't have the emotional intelligent components in place, or intelligence, I should say, components in place. The fifth one that she mentions is mastery of purpose and vision at work. Bringing, here's the word again, authenticity to one's life and living out your intentions and your value. So that's the way that she breaks it down. And I think of it is you really need to understand the discipline. You need to understand yourself. You need to understand your team. You need to understand your stakeholders. It's a little bit of overlap when you think about the social expertness component. But but the key word here is mastery, that you are you are striving in the midst of all these things that you're considering about yourself and others, you are indeed striving for the mastery of that aspect of, of, of what you're bringing to the table, what's taking place, what you're a part of, and the discipline as a whole. Strive for that mastery as it pertains to you as well as the vision of everyone you're connected to and then really giving of yourself to drive that thing so that it, it, it comes to fruition. Being a great team player. This is a, a big part of that. And you're not a good team player. Think of a, using baseball, American baseball, as an example. If your batting average is .082, you're not contributing to the team very much. If, 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 you, if your batting average is .350 and the team needs you to lay down a sacrifice bunt, do it. Master purpose and vision at work. Yes, master what you're doing, but at the same time, have a good batting average, but at the same time, be willing to do what the team needs in order to succeed. It's about the team. Yes, build yourself up, but it's about the team. And so these aspects of emotional intelligence, these five things, a lot of people don't see these as being a part of being successful in user experience, but they are critically important to user experience, and we need to pay attention to them today. Now, we are a little short on time today, and we might have to extend this even another week, yet another week, uh, but one of the things I want to do is call out a list of additional emotional intelligence traits that I feel are critically important, and we'll run through these as quickly as we can. Curiosity is is uh, something that if you want to be a UXer today and you're not curious, you're going to struggle because we always have to be in a position to ask questions, and not just questions, 
for the sake of asking questions, but the right questions, the the questions that bring about answers that drive what it is that we're doing and help us to focus on maybe what other people, because they're so close to what they're trying to do, maybe they didn't see it. So your curiosity will help with that. Pragmatism, you know, how, how practical are you? It is critically important that we are practical in everything that we do. So if you're very whimsical, and you innovate without justification and you don't have that 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 introspection that is needed you're going to lack that pragmatic component you're not going to you're not going to be able to contribute that to what it is that you're working on and then you're at risk because of that how resilient are you critical trait and yes this is tied to emotional intelligence you know how easily do you bounce back when things don't go your way when you're disappointed, when things didn't work out quite the way you expected, can you bounce back or are you quick to throw up the hands and give up? So this is really, really important today. Neutrality. I I remember speaking at a conference once and somebody got up and they said that we all have biases and they didn't know that later on that day, talking about this very topic, they did not know I was going to get up and talk about neutrality you have to be able to be neutral. You have to be able to manage your biases. Even if you indeed have them, you have to have the ability to shut them down. You cannot empathize. You cannot put yourself in someone else's shoes and you surely can't drive for the best solution that meets all the needs. If you have an agenda that is has a, a, a tent basically pitched in your heart that keeps you from, from striving to do the right thing, you're too focused on your thing today. So all of these things are important, folks. We're out of time today. You say you want to be a UXer? Take a look at your personality. See if you're really cut for this discipline and then move accordingly. Everybody got it? Okay, good. All right. This is Darren Hood, the host of The World UX. Thanks again for joining me today. Happy UXing, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.